welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with the double L team, Lyle and... Lawson! Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Lyle. Yes. Dude, I... Biggest achievement of my life last night. Okay. Really? The biggest of your life? Yeah. I, I passed... My pre-learner course for my motorbike license. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude, I... So you had to, what, ride around witches' hats or something or other? Yeah, well, basically you... So we did the first day, which is where you kind of, like, push the bike most of the time and you just learn how to use the blinkers and, and you ride around in a circle. And then last night, it's like you ride around the circle, go up and down gears, use your blinker whilst riding and change lanes. And then they're like... Yep, you're good to go. So Seriously, how hard can this be? I think I could do this with my eyes closed. Couldn't I? Uh, no, look, look. Like, So I was there and I did it easily. <laughs> like, I, yes, I got former, a- former um, <laughs> professional motorbike racer, I would think you would. But but the other people there, like they weren't completely inexperienced, but, you know, they had some different troubles and things. Like one of the things they put lots of emphasis on is learning how to ride around really slowly, which is like if you've ever ridden a bicycle really slowly, you know that it takes a lot of balance. You have to like drag the brakes. So like that's, yeah, so I don't know, it's it was difficult for them. So I'm wondering how, how that okay, would be challenging you, for you as well because they don't exactly teach you how to ride around really slowly when you're a professional racer. Yeah, but like unless you're unless you're in um, Harley Davidson racing where they actually have slow races. Have you ever participated in a slow race? No, but I've ridden trials bikes before. Do you know what trials bikes are? Yes, the ones with the yes. big suspension that hop up on really rocks low and stuff. gears. Yeah, yeah, I've I've ridden those. So. Yeah, this this turned into the motorbike show this morning. <laughs> yeah, how let's talk all about it. But but no, it's it was it was pretty chill. I went to a I went to a Harley Davidson slow race once. That's intense. It was. It was very intense. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Hey Lyle, I've got a question to ask you real quick. Yes. What happened to your face? Well, <laughs> so let me just set the scene. Above Lyle's eyebrow, there's a and, and going down into his eyebrow, there's a massive big gouge out of his face, like that's that's bloody and well, there's not blood dripping out of it, but it's it's red and bloody and frankly quite gross. You could have covered that thing up, but like you know, <laughs> nonetheless, we're what, guys. What, we don't cover stuff. We <laughs> wear it with pride. <laughs> what happened to your face? I walked into a door. Oh, no, I fell down the stairs. No, my wife beat me up. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> one of those three is correct. Which one is it? <laughs> okay, so I've actually had a scar that's exactly like that. I actually got it whilst preaching <laughs> at, at Curry Curry Church when I walked straight into a door that's like up the back of the church. I'm like, I was fixing my slides up the back and I'm like putting all my stuff in and I clicked go and I've like, I'm literally like they're finished singing the hymns. Yes. They're like, okay, we want to invite Lawson. I popped up from the desk and And walked straight into the door and my face just started bleeding, like blood running (laughs) down my face. Best preaching story ever. And luckily the ladies that were there got some tissue and cleaned it up. But looking at your scar, you know, it's it's a downward, you know, it's it's going downwards 
And it's across the eyebrow. I think you ran into a door. Yes. So what happened was that um, (laughs) we switched all the lights out as we were leaving home this morning, which was stupid o'clock in the morning and pitch dark. Shell went out ahead of me. Mm. And I'm 99.9% of the time, I'm the first one to leave the house. Okay. And so I'm following Shell out. And the door must have been moving in the darkness. I didn't see it. Walked straight into it. Bang. That's tough. Just about. Would have killed a lesser man. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but I survived. You, you did. Yes. And you're here now. That's right. How's your head feeling? Have you got like a headache or anything? No. No, my head's pretty thick. Man, I tell you, actually, I, dude, after I hit my head on the door, I was like, I was out of it, bro. I preached, but I was like... I, I, like, I was I was dizzy for a uh, for a few minutes. I can tell you. Oh, I was that's definitely hectic. dizzy for a few minutes. That's hectic. All right, let's have a look at some good news right across the world. Yes, right across the world, um, dude. For the first time in Southeast Asia, a panda has given birth, which is good because, as we know, for the like, first time in Southeast Asia. Yes. Don't pandas come from Southeast Asia? They come from China. Right. Which isn't Southeast Asia. It's East Asia. But it's not South. It's not South. So Northeast Asia. That's right. But for the first time in Southeast Asia, obviously, like, pandas are still endangered. And honestly, like... It's so hard to breed. That's the problem. Is that, like, so these two pandas, this one's called Kai Kai, the other's called Jia Jia. Um, They're 13 and 12 years old. And they're having their first baby. And they're having their first baby. Like now. They should have been having babies for like the last, what, 10 years. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's the seventh breeding season that they've entered. Like the seventh consecutive year that they haven't, that they're finally. These are not, these guys are not very keen on. uh, I know. Saving this species, man. Come on. Like, wake up, dude. Um, Yeah. You know, if you approach a mate with that argument, it's not always going to necessarily go so well. That's right. I would agree. But look, these are pandas, man. They, they yes, live in the right. same they're enclosure. Having, they're not having that conversation. Um, and dude, and, you know the crazy thing as well. They they even needed help with uh, like artificial insemination. That's it wasn't just even like a natural weird. thing. What is going on with those guys, man? Wake up! You're the only two pandas in the enclosure, and you're not gonna, you know, well, continue the lineage. Uh, moral of the story is: don't live off bamboo. I guess. <laughs> It just makes them too content. I I, I don't know. I, I just I don't understand. But anyway, that's right. It's good to know that there are more. There is one more panda. There in is the world. one more panda in the world, and and, and they we have the panda all the best. We pray that this pan, panda will grow strong and healthy, and be a cute little panda that will attract lots of visitors that will raise money to support the growth of more pandas. That's right. I think it's like I hope that this panda can see the mistakes and sins of its parents. In not breeding and get its act together and save its species. I think this is the this is the panda to save all pandas right here. I mean, pandas are kind of cute. Oh, they're so cute. Pandas are awesome. Like they just like the look so silly. Oh, red pandas are amazing. Yeah, they're a bit smaller and, and more and cute, active. Yeah. Whereas regular pandas just kind of flop around. <laughs> regular pandas describe d- 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 sort of like the. Uh, China's um, koala bear, super cute and kind of lazy. Yeah, but like at least koala bears breed. This is the kind. This is the thought I'm having. This might sound cold and heartless, but dude, if 
if they can't get their act together, like, you know, because you have some animals that are going into, like, um, endangerment because of changing uh, environment, you know, environments. Human pressure. Like feral animals, yeah, introduced species, all that kind of stuff. Whereas pandas don't really have any of that. They're just like they do have. They do have a lot of pressure on their habitat from there being a lot of people in China. Yeah, uh, and that has probably been the biggest thing that has contributed towards their decline in numbers. But they are very slow and very fussy about breeding. Mm. So that's right. Good, good to have one more. Good, good to, to have, have one more. Hey, I was reading a story this morning that made me laugh because I was like, when I read this headline, I was like, this is a drug story for sure. But then it turned out to not be. So basically, like, um, a trash company, uh, like, a, you know, a, a, a sanitation company, it found $25,000 stashed in a discarded freezer and it tracked down the owners to find basically, you know, the the owner of this money. Um, and when I first read this, I was like, oh, dude, this is a drug story for sure. Like, this is, you know, someone's, like, dealing out of their house and they've stashed the money in the freezer and someone's thrown out the freezer and I'm like, what is going on? But it's, like, it's so much better than that because, basically, this old grandma, she's gone, oh, man, I want to I wanna make sure my money's safe, you know. I don't want to put it in the bank. I don't want to put it anywhere. I'm going to put it in my freezer, behind the frozen veggies um, that in this freezer had gone off. And, uh, you know, the family was like, oh, you know, Grandma, you don't even use this freezer and they're helping her clean her house. So they just, you know, chuck it in the back of the car, take it down the tip. And it was only the next day that, you know, the grandmother remembered, I have an envelope with $25,000. In the freezer. In the freezer. That just went to the tip. That just went to the tip. And so it was actually good that, the people from the sanitation company, they found it and they were like, like there would be a huge temptation for them to be like, oh man. So they found it without, so it wasn't the family called up and said, hey, quick, go and check the uh, freezer. Well, from what I can understand, this happened quite quickly. They were like bulldozing this thing and and like one of the, particularly when they've got white goods, like a freezer, they need to open it up and make sure that there's nothing in it before they recycle it and stuff like that. And so they've opened the thing up, they're pulling out the, frozen veggies and they find this envelope they're like huh it's got because because white goods like that um go for recycling that's right there's a lot of copper there's a lot of steel there's a lot of aluminium all goes for recycling within a freezer yeah so basically what they take the food out to be able to do that that's right so they've they've held the money at the place they've like you know and uh someone showed up to come and get it and then it it all worked out in the end but i thought it was hilarious dude You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. So where should we start this morning? Let's start by talking about, well, let's start by talking about uh, child mental health issues. Um, Referrals in in Victoria, which has been the hardest hit by COVID, are up by 40%. Yeah, 100%. that's a that's a big that's a big. Uh, already this year, they've had eight girls who have uh, committed suicide. So this is children, and when you have children that are committing suicide, that's really really serious stuff. It's it, wait. So like, how do they define? Is it like under eighteen? Under eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they now have a two month waiting list for children to be able to get through to see a child psychologist. Mm. Uh, 30% increase in uh, in the pop in in 
uh, sorry, 35% of our population here in Australia currently needs treatment for mental health issues. Mm. So that's a massive percentage that didn't exist in the past and we need to be doing something about it. You can't have COVID lockdowns and not be doing something about mental health. Mm. And so that's a really, really serious toll that we need to uh, think about. Okay, moving uh, over to Haiti. This is a rather tragic story. 17 people have been found dead. Their bodies have been found in the ruins of a church that was struck by an earthquake. Mm. Uh, This was a 7.2 magnitude earthquake that hit, of course, last Saturday. And uh, this was a group of people who had gathered there for a baptism. Mm. Um, The pastor had not yet arrived, and so he survived. Um, He was just in um, in the parsonage next door, I guess, and so... He survived, but there was one mother who lost both of her children that day, which is incredibly tragic. So far in Haiti, and we need to pray for Haiti, we need not to forget about Haiti because sometimes these developing countries are so easy to forget about. So far they've uh, collected over 1,400 dead bodies, Um, obviously many more to come. Uh, 30,000 people have been left homeless and are sleeping under the stars, which is about to become Tropical Storm Grace, mm. which is expected to drop about 400 millimetres of water, rain, wow. uh, on the island. And so this is just a humanitarian crisis of unimaginable proportions. We need to be praying for these people. And I am sure that there are many ways that you can be involved by supporting that crisis. Uh, simply jump online and look for some opportunities to help out there. Moving over to Afghanistan, the crisis continues there with the total collapse of the uh, Western-style democratic government that simply Mm. up and fled. Uh, We now find out that the Prime Minister of the country, who had the option of fighting for freedom or leaving the country, left the country with four carloads of cash and one helicopter of cash. There was so much cash that he was removing from the country that uh, when it couldn't all fit in the helicopter, a whole bunch of it was just left on the tarmac. Wow. So, you know, if you were in that kind of a situation and you had the choice of I'm going to stay and fight and risk my life or I'll just take the cash and go, well, he chose to take the cash and is, go. Is he like most disappointing international criminal now, criminal now or? Well, I think it's definitely heading that direction. Does that count as stealing? Like is that his money? Uh, if it is his money, it will be ill-gotten money because – no prime minister or president of any country gets paid that kind of that, That's right. So I'm so, I'm wondering, like, is he going to get tracked down? Like, you know, is he a criminal? There's no no um, record at the moment as to uh, where he's gone, but they believe that he has probably gone to one of the other stand countries. Yeah. Uzbekistan or Tajikistan or, um, you know, one, one of those. those one yeah. of those ones. Uh, now, the... One of the biggest uh, challenges, of course, is you've got all of the U.S. allies who worked so hard to support the uh, coalition, American coalition forces that were there, and of course, a bunch of those are Australian. Australia's, you know, scrambling to try and deal with that problem, as America is scrambling to try and deal with their problem. Uh, they ha- obviously have a much larger problem. About they've got about ninety thousand people in Afghanistan that are, are eligible to come to the United States, mm. but there's no room for them in the United States because all of the space has been taken up by the open border in the south, and so that's just created a, a, a massive mess. You've got eighteen thousand there that are urgently needed. 
and once again, you've got the faith-based organisations that have been stepping into the gap and have actually been pleading with the American government to do something for a very, very long time, you know, for months, mm. because they've just recognised that, you know, they're on the ground in Afghanistan and places like this, and they're able to say, look, you know, they're able to, to understand that, there's no will to fight the Taliban. If there's no will to fight the Taliban, it's going to collapse and the Taliban are going to have then free reign to just hunt these people down, mm. um, you know, over their entire lifetimes. You know, you, you look at some of these organisations, they never stop hunting. I mean, yeah. look at uh, what they've done in Israel with, you know, uh, perpetrators of war crimes. They still hunt them down when they can. Mm. And so you've got uh, the Vice President of Advocacy and Policy of World Relief, Jenny Yang, stated the US had ample time, plenty of precedents, like Vietnam, and bipartisan political support to evacuate the approximately 18,000 who this is that desperately need to be removed and their dependents, because that then comes up to 90,000. Uh, we failed to do so, and now many of our Afghan allies will be left behind. Um, then you've got uh, Krish O'Mara, who is President and CEO of the Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service, uh, stated that anyone familiar with how the visa process works would realise that the department would not be able to accommodate the needs of evacuating refugees in a timely way. We've been screaming from the roof t- rooftops for months now that we need to get these allies to Guam or another US territory. Mm. And so we really need to be praying for both of these countries because you're going to have people who are going to be bitterly persecuted. Uh, we need to particularly pe- think of people of faith in these countries, uh, or particularly in uh, Afghanistan, people of faith who are not uh, Sunni Muslims mm. because they are the ones who are most likely going to cop the highest level of abuse um, in at, at this particular time. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so one more story, and this one's a bit of a cringy story in some ways, but an interesting one nonetheless. Uh, This is coming out of the UK where an American evangelist travelled to the UK, Ryan uh, Schiavo. He was arrested last month uh, for publicly preaching about his beliefs on homosexuality. So obviously the UK has some of the strongest uh, legal protections anywhere in the world for street preaching. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he's gone there and publicly preached about this and was arrested under uh, violating the Section 4 of the Public Order Act, which states that a person is guilty of an offence if he uses threatening, abusive or insulting words or behaviour or disorderly or behaviour or disorderly behaviour or displays writing of the same kind of thing. And, of course, he was careful not to do any of that. And to me, this is kind of like baiting. Mm. And you see both sides of this argument right now that are baiting. You know, we've got some very, very prominent examples in Australia where people on the opposite side of the equation have been baiting Christians so that they can prosecute them. Here you've got somebody who, in my mind, is, you know, baiting the government so that they can test this in court. But what was really interesting was that when he was arrested, because, you know, surprise, surprise, he got arrested for it, uh, and you kind of wonder, well, what was he actually trying to accomplish that was going to be constructive? That's right. Mm. You know, seriously. But when he was arrested, there was a guy in the crowd who stood up for him as his strongest supporter who was an avowed atheist. Wow. 
and says, no, this guy has the right to do this. He has the legal right to do it. He hasn't broken any laws. He has freedom of speech, and we need to defend freedom of speech in this country because if his freedom of speech is not defended, then mine won't be either. Wow. Interesting. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Fantastic stuff. All right, give us a call right now and either win the prize or join the uh, bragging rights community. Just get those points on the board. Absolutely. You can see the phone starting to ring out there right now, so that's great. Well, joining us on the phone right now is David Helps. David, welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, we need hello. Hello, David. Are you there? I am. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah, we're doing fantastically. Uh, enjoying the bright sunny days that we are having here in the Newcastle region during during lockdown. Uh, what's that? What's how is that enjoying? <laughs> like, well, you know, it, it means that we can get outside. That's right. Imagine lockdown if you couldn't get outside. That's true. David, in your part so, of the world, have you been able to get outside during lockdown? I I have. I am one of the lucky ones that live on a property. So um, yes, since I have. Meetings on last night. I spent a few hours yesterday morning early uh, in the garden, digging and you know planting seeds, etc. That sounds that sounds absolutely fantastic and amazing. Talking about lockdown, David, we have a lot of people obviously who are you know not in the kind of circumstances where you or I are. You are obviously on a property. You know, I've got I've got my shed and I've got my yard, which is not big, but it's not tiny, but I've got a I've got a really decent shed, uh, but what about somebody who's living in an apartment or something like that? Lockdown is obviously hard, and we we see that you know in Victoria forty percent rise in uh, children seeking and needing uh, mental health treatments, uh, these kinds of things. So lockdown is hard. How do we how do we go about avoiding mental health issues during lockdown? Well, very interesting question because the research tells us that there's a huge spike, especially with young people in mental health. The sorry, the uh, challenge that we have is that we so often see lockdown as solely sitting in front of the TV or a Xbox playing games, and um, that is not what lockdown really means. Lockdown actually means that I cannot associate with other people. Uh, congregate and uh, do my normal way of living, but there's great opportunities to actually uh, grow my mental health during this time. That's an interesting way of looking at it because I think most of the time we see it as being, well, inevitable that our mental health is going to decline during lockdown, but you're saying this is actually an opportunity to increase the quality of your mental health. It sure is. It's very interesting. As I read reports on mental health decline at the moment in Australia, um, I, I see that people that already are battling with mental illnesses are most severely affected. And what we see very typical of people battling with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, uh, self-harm and those kind of things is that people battling with those disorders automatically tend to exclude themselves from other people. So a lockdown actually um, gives them greater opportunities to close those curtains, to uh, isolate from their community and uh, go into hibernation, which is destructive for, for mental health. 
while in reality we have the opportunity now to find new ways of connecting with other people. We find new opportunities to be creative, to bring out God created us to be creative beings. And uh, here's great opportunity for that. Um, what, what we find is that people self-medicate so much more during this time, and they sit in front of the TV just drinking in, losing in the negative information that keeps on coming in through the media instead of using this opportunity to um, better themselves, to study further. It's interesting that in the research done on people with the highest uh, resilience is people that are lifelong learners. What a great opportunity right now to sign up for a course, even do it online, and uh, get outside in the bright sunlight in the morning, even if I'm you know, on the 11th floor of, of a uh, building, make sure that I get out into the, the, the bright sunlight on my little uh, pad and get eat my breakfast or my dinner or my, my lunch time there in the bright sunlight, getting vitamin D in. Uh, lockdown also doesn't mean that there's no exercise opportunities. The research is very clear that um, when people are facing mental health issues, in order to get out of it, it's vital to do exercise. This is why gardening yesterday was for me excellent. I had my shirt off and uh, working in the bright sunlight. Uh, got a little bit uh, toasted, but that's great. <laughs> yeah, get some uh, get some vitamin D happening right there, David. Um, one of the great things about lockdown, you know, this time around, of course, is that there are no restrictions on exercise in the public air. Of course, the uh, gyms and so forth are closed, but you know, we can get outside. We can go for a walk. We can find a uh, a nice place where we can spend time outside and walking. Um, which, of course, is one of the best things that we can do for our mental health. Should we even do that when the weather is inclement? Uh, for instance, should we you know, rug up a little bit, throw on the rain jacket, grab the brolly, and, uh, and head out for a walk even when it starts to rain? I'm so glad you asked me that question because negative ions are one of the best nature gifts that God has given us, to, to breathe in that fresh, moist air, especially if I can walk amongst trees or if I've got the opportunity to be close to the ocean, we are breathing those negative ions. We are constantly exposed to positive ions. If I go to the gym, I'm actually being exposed to, to positive ions, which is not so positive for your mental health state. It's actually negative for your mental health state. Um, positive ions actually causes sores to to, to get infected much easier, while negative ions actually helps uh, wounds and sores to heal doubly as fast. So people with depression, for instance, if they get out into uh, the fresh air, even when there's moist in the air, breathing in those negative ions will actually discover that when they come back, that, they, that there's an increment of feeling much better and more positive. So... Uh, I would suggest to people to disconnect from media. Uh, it is a great thing, not for the uh, gym owners, but for people that normally go to gym to really disconnect from the gym and go somewhere else because the gym air is stale air while 
while I'm doing exercise out in the in the bright sunlight or even in the rain, I'm breathing in fresh air, filling up my lungs, and I feel so much better because my body releases the uh, the stress uh, out of my system, works it out, but takes in the positive um, hormones that I so need to feel better. Yeah, that sounds like fantastic advice right there. And I think that we often avoid going outside, of course, when the weather is bad. But, you know, there is that old saying that says there's no such thing as bad weather. There's just not enough clothes. And so, you know, if we put that into uh, practical perspective, it's like you can dress for the bad weather and you don't have to be out there all day. Um, you can go out for half an hour or so, go for a walk and uh, enjoy enjoy nature in all of its moods. Exactly. And you know, Lyle, we, we see lockdown as a disconnection from our uh, community and friends and family. Um, I'm, I'm living right up uh, close to the Queensland border on the New South Wales side. They've just uh, locked down, snap lockdown of the borders. I can't get across to my daughter and granddaughter. But you know what? This is an opportunity for us to be creative. And uh, there's things like Zoom and uh, all the different kinds of um, a bit of an older category. So I don't know, you know, Snapchat and all of that kind of stuff. But what an opportunity to put Zoom on and have my family meal on this side while the rest of my family is on the other side of the border, also on Zoom during uh, their meal time. And we can see each other with the cameras on and we can have a chat as a family without any phones and be able to connect with each other. Yeah, it is so, just, you know, so much easier than what it was that what whatever it was in the past. Exactly. We just need to make the most of the technology that we have available. Um Something you mentioned, uh, you sort of touched on it uh, briefly there, I think, but I want to um, talk about it a little bit more anyway. Whenever we switch on the media, the news, everything is pretty much consumed with lockdown. And, you know, I'm sort of thinking, well, maybe we shouldn't be calling it lockdown anyway. Maybe we should be calling it something more positive. You know, quarantine is more positive than lockdown. And then, you know, maybe it, we should call it our... Uh, our free government holiday, I don't know, um, try and find something more positive there. But how often, how much should we be watching the news and consuming all of this uh, lockdown information? The research is out on this point. The more you observe that which you have no control over, the more your anxiety and mental health will plummet. So um, I, I have one TV in my, in my house. Uh, that TV is nearly never switched on. Um, we deliberately choose to look at positive things and the things that I can control. I would suggest to people if they want a quick update on the news, as I do in the morning, I've got news on my phone, I quickly scan uh, it. I choose deliberately to disconnect from that which I can't control and focus on that which I can control. The recipe for anxiety, the recipe for plummeting you deeper into a mental health state is to keep on focusing on bad news. It's interesting you say that because I have a friend who is a courier, works in, in Sydney, and I was chatting with him yesterday and he was just sharing some of his experiences because as a courier he's actually quite busy at the moment because that's how trade is taking place 
uh, rather than people going to the shops. It's being delivered to their homes. And he was just expressing how unbelievably high the level of anxiety is amongst young people who are really at no threat from this particular virus and how that, you know, he's been abused, he's been ordered off people's properties, he's been, you know, he's had people, you know, yell at him from behind the door, like, just leave it there, don't, don't you know, touch anything. Um, it's really quite bizarre the level of anxiety that there is out there amongst young people who are not really under that much threat from this particular virus. It's interesting that the Australian Association of Psychologists had found that the, among 83% of, of those that were interviewed identified that anxiety, depression, eating disorder, self-harm has just escalated. The Butterfly Foundation, which is the national eating disorder charity, has reported a 116% increase in uh, the demand for their helpline. Um, the Victorian Government Agency of Health Information uh, says that there's a huge spike in the number of young people seeking emergency. And while from the area where you are um, broadcasting from and its surrounding areas, I've just, just last week were in a committee meeting discussing mental health issues and there was a, a report that came in that said that people cannot anymore get access to mental health facilities or people that, that provide mental health assistance because they're just chockers, they're over, overstocked, they, they don't have space anymore to help people. And this brings me to a spiritual element, namely that we turn so often to mankind for help while God is in actual fact out there still in control. So lockdown for most of us means being out of control. We've lost the control while God is still in control. This should be an actual fact, the opportunity for people to turn back to God. Yes, back absolutely. Back to the Word of God. And this is you one of the things that I've been word. seeing is that Christians have been so much more resilient because we have that hope in Jesus Christ that others don't have. And this, is, this has been proven as the number one key to, uh, to be resilient, and that is to have a personal relationship, not just a name on the church's books, but a personal walk in a relationship with Jesus Christ. David Help, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.